This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, it's William Tincup, and you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today we have Lisa Monet on from Unit 4, and our topic is the $7.8 trillion productivity problem. I can't wait to talk about this, but before we do, uh, Lisa Monet, would you do us a favor and introduce yourself, but also Unit 4? Yes, would love to. Let's get into it. So I'm I'm Lisa Monet Lamentine, and I lead what we call the People Success Function here at um, Unit Four for the North American region. That includes U.S. and Canada. So on a local level, it would be considered the full employee life cycle. So after you signed your offer letter, uh, my team then takes over. Uh, Unit Four is a cloud leader in enterprise software for people centered stations. Basically, we're in business for people. We, um, in our enterprise software, supports our customers in really delivering an exceptional people experience to their organizations and customers. Yeah, and it's global. That's one of the things global for the audience to understand. Yeah, it's a yes. truly global organization. Absolutely. All right, so $7.8 trillion productivity problem. Let's just kind of unpack that just a little bit. So productivity in a sense, let's just start there. What does that mean for us? So really, I just want to just go back and and simply state that where this comes from, right? The $7.8 trillion uh, lost in productivity. It's from Gallup State of the Global Workplace Report that was um, put out for 2022. And really, it's around having disengaged employees. Um, And these are employees that are in the workplace currently um, supporting your business, but not really focused um, or engaged in what you're doing. So there's a loss there in the productivity of what they are producing for the organization. And uh, how how close are we to the popular phrase today, quiet quitting? <laughs> this is kind of going right aligned with okay. quiet quitting. We're, yes. we're running parallel to, first of all, that, that phrase, you know, it kind of makes, drives me crazy a little bit because it's just like, okay, so you're just not, you're working, but you're just not doing the, you're giving your discretionary effort is not. Yeah, and I, I don't really like the phrase. I don't yeah, like the phrase quiet quitting because um, it's implying that you're not doing the work that right. you're asked to do. And, and that's right. completely false. Right. It's, I think it's, you know, to help sell ads and magazines and, you know, stuff like that. So I think it's sensationalized on purpose. Um, but, but we're both in alignment, uh, if right. we could get what rid do, of the term, that'd be right. great. What I do like about it, um, uh, is actually that it brought attention, um, to this. I've seen it kind of more talked about as opposed to all other, um, points that have been brought up. Uh, you actually see it being talked about amongst employees, not just HR leaders or just leadership in general. So it really brings it out to the forefront of, what it is we need to look into and how we need to make change. Right. Right. So is, is some of this productivity, um, uh, the lack of productivity, again, people are working, 
they're just yes. they're they're just not working uh maybe as hard or as much as we want to so so a couple of things that I want to ask you about is some of this just kind of exhaustion from covid or or and again kind of that's one kind of take I want to get your take on that is is some of this generational and then like this is, might become like a new normal like I remember my when my wife uh we were home from grad school and I was going into my MBA she went to Sydney and uh she was she was in Australia for about four months and she came back and she was like, I don't know how these people to get the work done. I'm like, do tell. <laughs> she's like, they only work 35 hours a week. I'm like, well, so they actually have a life? <laughs> like, <laughs> like you see this is wrong? Like, you know, and I, we joke about it still to this day. It's like, it's not a bad thing. That means that, you know, people are engaged, they're going on holiday, et cetera. So, so I want to just kind of, let's just pick those two apart. Like, do you see something with the data and just your, you know, observations with you and as and your clients, do you just see some of this? Just people are tired. They are, and this is really the time where you see it. I mean, we're coming out of, still in, but coming out of a pandemic. There's economic turmoil and many other factors, and just stress in general from the past few years that are. It, it makes sense why this is happening right now, but it's not anything new. I right. think it's just every few years we we just have a different term for it. Um, but we're in <laughs> we're now in um, a place where we have to consistently be striving to what employees are looking for and making ourselves competitive there. Right, and that and it's and that obviously, like I like said, the, that changes. Uh, yeah. because the employees it's there's an old i guess uh customer um kind of an advertising maxim is w- the the moment that you understand your customers is the very moment that they change absolutely and, and so so true is with employees like okay if you feel like you got it and it's just then all of a sudden things change for them in their lives or or as the business what about what about the uh the take in terms of anything in the in the four generations of, of the workforce and just they want to they want to interact with work differently yeah and i think um gen z is maybe leading the charge with that the most recent generation coming right. into the workforce um in what they will and will not tolerate coming into work um the millennial generation uh which has been um kind of taking charge as well too has allowed it since they kind of saw both uh, both views of this is kind of working hard and hustle culture. Right. Um, and then, you know, seeing what exactly they want. And so this is where you come into the piece on how much effort I'm going to put in to work uh, right. when I come in and how much effort they're putting into me, they being the company. Well, I'll give you some hope. Uh, oh. If you needed some hope, I'll give you some hope. <laughs> Just a little bit of hope, not not a lot, but a little bit. The uh, out of HR Tech, they had a startup pavilion. They had a startup pitch fest. A hundred startups that went through it. We got it down to twenty. We got it down to six. And and then one, the one that won was a one called Spotlife, which is essentially that focuses on work, home, or your life, and wellness. And mm-hmm. it's an app that basically at the beginning of the day, you start with intentions. Like, what do I want the day to play out like in those three areas? Not just work, but in my life and in wellness. 
and wellness can be health or financial, it can be mental health, you know, any, any way you want to correct that. And at the end of the day, you reflect and like, okay, how did the day go? How did it, how did, how did it play out? And, and that was a startup out of a hundred startups. That was a startup that actually won. I think that's amazing. I, even coming into unit four's um, work model now is called flex for you. Oh, um, and nice. that's what we want to incorporate. We want to incorporate making sure that there is a balance between work and life and how you work should should work for you, essentially. Um, and, and that's what we need to visit is what what do I need to get out of this day? What do my customers need? Um, what am I trying to gain in personal development? And that and kind of looking around the flex flex for you life. Work-life model. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that. Well, I, I use this word a lot. It probably overuse it, but the the word thrive. It's like mm-hmm. finding where you thrive, and if and again the flexibility. I, I think the polar polarity of uh, Airbnb and Tesla of okay, everyone's going to work in an office, and if you don't want to work in an office, you can't work here. Okay, that's 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 a mm-hmm. model. Good. On the other end of that is kind of Airbnb. We don't have any offices. There's no such thing. Okay. Well, that's a model. <laughs> Um, so somewhere in the middle is this thing called hybrid. And I love the way that, that companies are approaching this and going, okay, we've got to make this work for everybody. So, and then, you know, some of it's culture and some of it's, you know, the Mm -hmm. the values of the company and some of it's what they do and things like that. But, but I love this kind of solving for flexibility, solving the algebra around what, what, what works for you and what works for you this week. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> might not work for you next week. Like, right, exactly. There's equal amount of people that want to actually go to an office as there is people that want to work remotely. So, And that's, that's exactly what I was going to mention because it doesn't always work for every single person. But the great thing right now is, especially in the U.S., you're getting that option now as an employee to look around and see what really works. And employees really want to work where their values are aligned with the company values. So hopefully the company values are how they work too. So um, there's that alignment. It's funny. I was talking to a recruiter yesterday, uh, the recruits just tech talent. And I asked him, I said, what's, what's, what what are they asking? Like, what's the bit? And he goes, first question out out of their mouths is, is this remote? Yes. Second question. Is comp, you know, okay, what are we talking about? And depending on the company and, you know, whether or not there's equity and bonuses and whatnot. And the third thing is about the job. <laughs> like, 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 is it remote? No? Okay, we can stop there. And he also went further. He said, listen, with some of these uh, engineers that I'm recruiting, one of their first questions is not even about that stuff, is how many steps are there in the hiring process? Yes. And if it's over four, he said, that is bail. There's like, yeah, yeah, you don't, you don't have, you don't, you don't have your, your house in order. Like, Absolutely. I can't work there. It's like, Absolutely. Wow. wow. Okay. So the question I have for you next is around productivity. Is it any way that you've seen it kind of interlaced to employee experience, engagement or retention? Is there Can any you connective... rephrase the question? Yeah. I'm thinking of the connective tissue because mm-hmm. like productivity is an, is is kind of outcome based, right? Yeah. You have to do the thing that then creates the thing, and people call it different. Have have historically called this different over the years. They've called okay, are they engaged? So then there's engagement. It's surveys and poll surveys and all this all this type of stuff. 
but what I saw at HR Tech last week was a lot of EX, a lot of employee experience. Like, mm-hmm. okay, we know how to manage the candidate experience so that candidates have a better experience as they go from sourcing to offer letter. Okay, cool. But from offer letter all through all the way through their you know tenure, what can we do to make their experience more robust, more personalized, et cetera? And then lastly, mm-hmm. retention's an outcome as well. Like, okay, what why are we doing these things? Or is it is it really about retaining our top talent? Absolutely. And I think um I think actually you touched on a big point about the employee experience. Um, and just to go a little bit further into that, that ha- involves a couple different things, or at least a few different things that I've seen. One being evaluating the processes and the tech stack that you mm. have available for the employees on how they do their job. Is it more tedious work than building strategy or actually getting to the meat of their work? Um, there's also a piece around engagement surveys, considering engagement surveys and actually you know, uh, asking the employees how they're feeling, how they're enga- how engaged they are, what can be improved, and then acting on it. Right. And then also linking those business decisions that you make to the company values. Again, people are bought into the values of an organization. And so um, I think with these three points, that's how you help to improve on uh, the employee experience, thus then creating productivity on how they treat your customers, um, those who are outward facing and those who are supporting those who are outward facing. Let's let's uh, let's let's double click into those because yeah. those are all three really really fascinating. So let's start with the top. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we, how do we get better at that? About the um, processes and the tech stack. Yes, I because think, because yeah. I, you nailed. I mean, first of all, it's I did five years of my life. I studied user adoption of, of HR and recruiting yes. technology. And one of the things I would tell vendors is is that you know even if it's a rip and replace, which I hate that term. Even if it's that, you're changing people's lives. There's, you know, Jim or Jennifer or whatever was competent and confident in that technology that you they used to use, and now you're 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 giving them a much better product, no doubt. But that confidence and and competence is lost, and until it's regained. So you you Mm -hmm. know, it's like the tools and uh, applications and systems and all these things they actually impact their lives if and it, and it, it could be in a positive way <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. or 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 a negative way so i love that you even went there so yeah how do we make yeah. that better thanks actually for framing it that way because that is another perspective that others may not actually see um and when i look at it i think about the established processes and um, and technologies or legacy technologies that we use. And I think about how organizations are always in a st- state of change and transformation, mm-hmm. but don't really look at those tech stacks to see if they've evolved with them. So it can actually be making um, an employee's work uh, more tedious <laughs> to go through certain offerings that they had. Whereas if you change and you look at, well, how can new processes and new technologies really help to streamline that workload that employees have? Um, how, I think- often, how often do you think that we should, because this is something that's been on my mind for a long time, but how often with process in particular, how often should we revisit processes? When there's a transformation. I, I won't I- sit on 
you know, every three years, it's right, a good right, number, right, you know, right. every three to five years, good number. But when there's a transformation and a change within an organization, you need to look at how are we working and how can we uh, work better under this new process? I love that. I love that. So the second one was uh, about engagement and yes. kind of a finger on the pulse yeah. of how do you how do you do that? And how does that help you with productivity? So um, what we have at Unit 4 is a solution called Unit 4 Talent Management. And that allows us to um, actually one aspect within the talent management offering is that we pull, do pull surveys, five questions every week to our employees. Um, and they're different questions. They're randomized and they go under like 12 different engagement categories. Um, and this goes to employees uh inboxes every Monday morning and you're able to go in and just fill this out, add comments. And it allows us to kind of see where we are. Now, not all organizations have a weekly pulse and you can kind of evaluate to see if weekly makes sense for your organization, but at least engaging them on a more regular basis or doing engagement service on a regular basis is helpful to see one, is your participation rate still good? Um, are still a significant amount of employees actually taking the survey for you to know what the actual pulse is of the organization. Um, and what what I've actually found was uh, through our summer months, it was uh, it dropped a bit in our engagement. So that got me to thinking, well, are people disengaged? Are they off on vacation? Are they, you know, right, let's think right. about different solutions around it. But if we didn't do that on a regular basis, we couldn't track that. We couldn't see, well, you know, there's something for us to alert our attention to. Um, so I think it's important to, you know, just make sure that we are doing either engagement service or well-being surveys um, on a regular basis. It's what a, what what a, you said it actually when you when you listed it uh, initially, it's got to lead to action. Like yeah, we we both absolutely. probably grew up in an era where there were annual employee satisfaction surveys, and uh, yeah. and people would would tell us things, and then, and then nothing. Would happen. <laughs> <laughs> and my hands are bloody here, so uh, <laughs> you know we'd do the survey, survey results would come back, and we'd get busy, and nothing would get done, and uh, and then and that just compounds the frustration and you stop taking it because right. you're like they're not listening well we even went um a step further within unit four we recently did a well-being survey and so we're still socializing it to the business but you know what i can share with actions is based on what we heard it's, it's more of you said we heard um we're taking action on like adding social committees well-being days, more focus on our values and more offerings. But this is, you know, you have to go back to the business and say it wasn't for nothing. We right. we heard you and we are taking the steps here to um, to align um, and make sure that everyone is being heard. Well, 100 years ago, I did I did this survey and it was an annual satisfaction survey, but I did it for an ad agency and 150 employees. But I, I did surveys but then i did focus groups and then one-on-one -on -one interviews so i went kind of all the way around the firm and then i bubbled it up <laughs> this is just going to be so i go I'm, I'm in front of the entire c-suite at this point and i'm like okay i got the results and they're like okay cool give us the top line because they're thinking it's pay it's you know this that and the other and i'm like uh potted plants <laughs> and they're like what i said yes uh, 
93% of your, of your population, they just want to bring plants to work in this building for whatever reason, it was the, it wasn't where they filmed uh, the the show about, there was a Cleveland a show about Cleveland, but the, the landlord is a historic building. They wouldn't allow people to have plants. Wow. So, so I'm literally, I'm literally, now I'm standing in front of a bunch of, you know, grown men and, and women and then explaining to them that, you know, all their people want to do is bring their, you know, ficus plant or, you know, cactus to work. And uh, they're like, is are you are you joking? I'm like, no, not joking. I got data, so we can go as deep as you want to. And they're right. and they're like, this is it. This is the thing. Yeah, he gets out of the meeting, calls the landlord, and goes, "I'll sign a ten year lease, but we have to have plants." <laughs> gets it gets the deal done, and then reports back to the employees the next week. Literally, just goes, "Bring in your bring in your plants. We've already hired a service to come around and water them." So they'll come around and take care of them. You don't even have to worry about that. Bring in whatever you want. And if you don't have something at home, you could pick something off their list. It's like I love that. Engagement with the with the roof. Like and potted plants. I love that. <laughs> potted plants. That was the, and, that was the the secret was potted plants. And guess what? They wouldn't have known it. They would have increased comp, increased, oh, yeah. you know, right. whatever else, changed structures of roles. And that wasn't what they were no, looking for. That's and so that's that finger on the pulse of understanding. Yeah. Okay, the hit and miss. Like they would, you're absolutely right. They they would have done that. They would have gone. Okay, well, so and so has been in this role so long. Let's make sure that they don't leave. Let's get them up to a different position, etc. Which is all good. Um, but the thing that was driving the most dissatisfaction at work was something as simple as potted plants, which still yeah. to this day is funny to tell that story because I'm like potted plants. And they thought I was crazy when I first said, I mean, they wanted to almost kick me out of the room. Like, listen, I'm standing (laughs) on a stack of data. I can, I can defend this any way you want to. Um, The last thing you, you brought up was the linkage to, uh, Mm -hmm. to business and the business outcomes and the initiatives and things like that. So how do we effectively communicate and kind of bring people into that to then lead to productivity? Yeah, I think, you know, when I think about this, I think about how we even do performance reviews here within unit four is um, one of the first question or one of the first questions that's asked is how well are you living the business business, uh, values? And that's why it's important to then link business decisions to company values, because if we're all supposed to live it, how are decisions being made? So um, I think one way to do this is to be transparent, as transparent as we can, of why we made certain business decisions. Um, Or even, you know, when we have new leadership or new management that comes in, that is discussed about how they live the value and what strategy we're looking to do moving forward. That's, that's fantastic. Well, um, first of all, uh, thank you for the time. This has just been fantastic. I think I could talk to you forever, but it's been great. Turns out you probably have other things to do today. So we won't do that, but we'll just schedule another podcast and give us an excuse to carve up something else. Yeah. Uh, Lisa Monet, thank you so much for your time and wisdom. Thanks so much. Have a great rest of your day. Absolutely. And thanks for everyone listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live Podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at Recruiting.